Here's the big question. How do new technologists break into an industry with so many people vying for the same opportunities? How do they go about finding the right company, writing a resume worth reading? How do they prepare for interviews and show up with a humbled confidence? Ultimately, how do they create a personal brand that has companies knocking at their doorstep? These are the questions that job seekers want the answer to. And I'm here to guide you from application to offer letter and beyond. Get ready to equip yourself with the tools necessary to stand out amongst a sea of applicants. My name's Chad Jeffries, and your interview guide starts here. Welcome to the Interview Break Fix. Hello, welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Episode 3, writing a resume worth reading. Now this is an incredibly crucial first step in the search process. So, your resume should be the focus as you attain new skills throughout your career. So as you're learning, you can kind of use this page as like a, a, a dump of information. You can worry about formatting later whenever you're actually figuring out the you know job that you want to apply for. So you just want to get the information on there and understand like, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is something that I can use to showcase my skills. It's really a communication tool that allows insight to your resume um, you know, that you're trying to apply for. So this is going to be a way for someone to see if you're a fit or not. Um, and it's just initial, right? So it's not something you need to be super worried about it at all times. You're going to work on other things, um, like networking and trying to get yourself in front of these, uh, your new employer. So, uh, but this is always going to be that first step. And there's a lot of ways that you can utilize your resume as a, a tool and not something that's just an application, you know, one click submit and it's done and you hope somebody that gets back to you. Um, that's definitely not the case. So you want to focus on a few things here. So first of all, the formatting. So formatting, you know, there's a few options that you can choose from here and you can either choose to do reverse chronological format. So that's going to have your, you know, I guess prose is it's the traditional, you know, style that's, you know, really familiar to most people. So you're going to have all oh, worked from, you know, here to here from 2018 to th- 2019. Um, you know, the pros to that is it's, again, traditional. It's something that people are familiar with. It's very common. And uh, some of the cons, though, is that it really lacks the creativity in, you know, some cases it really just is irrelevant information, especially as a development bootcamp grad. You're using this as a tool to communicate your skills, not your previous work experience. While, you know, again, it kind of depends, but if you're making a career switch, uh, you really want to focus on the skills. So we're probably going to focus focus on uh, a more combination formatting or functional format. So we have three different types of formats. We have the reverse chronological, just said that combination format. So combination format is really great for that experienced professional, um, you know, that's, you know, and folks that are switching careers, it really, you know, highlights transferable skills. Um, You know, some cons to this, again, is kind of uncommon and not, you know, recommended for entry level job seekers, this is going to be really for, you know, folks where uh, those skills can still apply to some capacity, depending on where you switch. So we can have a combination format resume. 
But then we'll have the functional resume. And this is honestly my personal favorite. So the functional format takes the skills based on, you know, what you're doing and how it applies to the job exactly. So if you're looking for, you know, a .NET developer position, you want to focus on the .NET skills that you have and how you acquired those skills. So uh, again, the pros are it's great for entry-level folks. It's great for anybody that's also switching careers with a completely unrelated background, trying to uh, get into that new that new job in a new industry. And then some cons, I guess, recruiters and managers may think you're hiding something. So that's just something that you need to be aware of, and it could be potentially a roadblock. But again, you're going to really focus on the skills side, and I think that that is more important, especially for what I'm looking for. I'm trying to find, do your skills apply? I don't care about the rest. We'll dive into the details whenever I talk to you. So you're trying to get on the phone with a recruiter or a hiring manager. That is incredibly important. So I think for for your sake, a functional format is probably where we're going to go. So as a development you know, student or graduate, you know, you'll want to focus on really something that exemplifies the skills you've recent recently obtained and that's why i think the combination or the functional format is going to go very well um you know you really don't want to keep this irrelevant information on your resume especially if it's not applying to the job that you're looking for so with that being said you want to avoid that fluff at all at all costs so Let's move on to the contact information. So there are there are details that you want to include along with the information you don't want to exclude, if you will. So some necessary information, you obviously want to have your name first and last. Now you can always have in, you know, parentheses, you know, what you go by if you have a more complicated name and you just, you know, my name, my first name is Austin, middle name Chad, last name Jeffries. So I'll always put A.C. Jeff or, you know, A. Chad Jeffries or maybe Austin in parentheses, Chad. That's what I go by. Really, I can just do Chad Jeffries. I don't want to complicate things. I don't want to confuse people. I've definitely done that in the past. I thought, okay, you know, it really doesn't matter. Uh, what it is that I, I'm I, I go by, I just want uh, I just want them to understand that my first name is Austin, my middle name is Chad, and my last name is Jeffries. But at the same time, you don't want to confuse people, so really just focus on what you want to be called, first and last name, optional middle, uh, but really just you know the name that you go by and your last name. Again, phone number is is really important here, but don't do home phone number, cell phone number work phone number, all these different phone numbers, pick one phone number that you are going to use and that you're going to, that, I mean, let's be honest here. You're not going to use a home phone nowadays. Ideally, you're going to be using your cell phone. And anybody that's in this day and age will be using cell phones. Um, If you're using a home phone, there's a lot of things that you can miss. Um, First of all, if, if somebody's trying to reach out to you and you only check your phone when you go home, I mean, you're just going to get a voicemail that's really late and recruiters reach out to hundreds of people a day. You're going to miss out on opportunities. Uh, Just stick to your cell phone. Whatever you use on a daily basis that you can quickly communicate. Um, Another thing that's really valuable 
is the fact that I use text every single day. That is how people communicate nowadays. I almost never just cold call somebody or warm call, if you will. Warm call is when you know someone has their resume out there and I'm calling them so they don't know who I am, but they've also allowed the information out there for me to contact. But what I do is understand that people are busy throughout the day. I'll say, you know, hello, my name's Chad. Um, you know, I came across your resume. I work with Dick's Sporting Goods. I just wanted to have a conversation. I have this position open. You know, are you free to chat? Would you like to learn the information? Real simple, real to the point. And that's where a lot of recruiters are actually moving nowadays. And a lot of people really appreciate. Well, sometimes I've had people say, oh, you know, would you, prefer, would you mind, you know, switching this over to, to my Gmail? I just don't want to get lost within, you know, within messages, but I'm more than happy to move over to email. That's the secondary way that everybody communicates quickly. So uh, nothing wrong with that, but just make yourself aware that you should put your cell phone out there so that it's more easy to contact you and not trying to interrupt you during the day with a phone call. And then also getting lost in the in emails because that's definitely a possibility. So sometimes you can have a really awesome job opportunity out there and you just missed it because it got lost within all the other uh, all the other junk mail that, that comes to your email. I, I know that that happens to me as well. So um, your email address. Now, <laughs> I, don't, I can't believe that I have to say this, but... Uh, don't use an email address that you had in MySpace. So my <laughs> my old email was bbllshoops at hotmail.com. Well, first of all, that's really stupid, and it doesn't say who I am. I've had people have, like, you know, sexyman6969, um, you know, at hotmail.com. It's just kind of silly. So um, it's really not the best move. It's unprofessional. Um, also avoid email providers like Hotmail or Rocketmail. These are just kind of outdated. Use a Gmail, use a Yahoo, and at me or whatever the case is. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you can, uh, you know, domains that you can utilize. It just makes you look looks professional, you know. Uh, first name, last name, first name dot last name. There's all these just simple things. You can even do something creative, you know, Chad sourcing. That's one of mine, chadsourcing at gmail.com. So it's just really, it's, it's really simple to make it easy and still professional if you still want to kind of remain uh, anonymous or have a little bit of security and privacy in the anonymity. Anonym, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Anonym. <laughs> All right. So, um, this is another thing. So so for, so far we have your name, we have your contact information, and so email and, uh, and phone number. Now you want to focus on your LinkedIn profile. This has become a favored platform for professionals to showcase skills and is a way to identify if you are who you say you are. I cannot tell you how many times I come across fake candidates that have you know, just this this blank format being submitted by an agency that's trying to get, you know, our business and just submits a generalized profile. And I'm like, okay, where's this person on LinkedIn? Nowhere to be found. Okay, so it's one way that I look at a resume and I'm like, is this person who they are? Well, let me verify with LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn, you're making a huge mistake and you're doing yourself a disservice, you're harming yourself. So you need to be on LinkedIn. I've come across so many candidates who look great on resume, but without being identify, uh, being able to identify them on LinkedIn, it's so easy for me to just pass. Because 
I've been duped before by fake candidates in the market. Yeah, it's a thing. And it's very prominent in tech recruiting. Extremely abused. Now, we have to be diligent as recruiters, for sure. But that one way is a way for uh, LinkedIn is a way for me to verify. And it's very helpful and also allows you to connect with other professionals, along with branding yourself. Get on LinkedIn if you are not on LinkedIn and start using it. I actually provided a, a, I provide a, a resume writing and, uh, and, and coaching calls and, and LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn rewrites or creations. I do that as a service. I enjoy it. I make it personal. I make it professional. I'm good at doing that. I have thousands of people following me on LinkedIn. And it's really easy to do, and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not. So, okay, do me a favor here. So interviewbreakfix.com, all one word, interviewbreakfix.com slash services. And there I'll show you what all I provide, and I'm more than happy to do that. That is some you know, shameless plug here. But I'm very serious. If you're not on LinkedIn and you're not showcasing your skills and and being a professional on your professional network, on the number one favorite platform for professionals and recruiters, then you're making a mistake. So I think I'm going to – I'll digress from the LinkedIn spiel. But you need to have your LinkedIn profile right there up and ready And it'll be a good way to link to your other websites as well that you're showcasing. You can always have, you know, a contact information or a website section on your uh, on your resume that has your GitHub, Stack Overflow, uh, you know, Dribble. If you're if you're a graphic designer, having these things uh, listed, just all your links, LinkedIn. You know, GitHub, Stack Overflow, Dribbles, whatever the case is there, you can you can put all of them uh, showcased there. So, um, yeah. So another thing that I want to focus on here is also your personal website portfolio. As a developer, you you likely don't have many projects or contributions, but you should absolutely be on these platforms. So I mentioned their GitHub, Stack Overflow, CodePen.io, Dribble D R I B B B L E dot com. They're very necessary ways to showcase the projects that you've done or any con- contributions that you've worked on. It's just a really professional and easy way, even if it's just a you know personal project um, or or small contributions that you've made on GitHub or Stack Overflow. These platforms allow potential employers to see what it is that you've done. So I want to go ahead and wrap up this episode, and there's a lot that left that I want to cover, like you know, optional information, information that you need to avoid, how to write your heading or summary or objective statement, you know, um, experience and expertise, and how I want you to format that, and what you should do to actually get through your experience, and I guess action statements, and how to you know express. Uh, each part of experience that you have. So uh, there's a lot more I want to cover too with education, how you want to exemplify that, where you should put that, proofreading, saving, and emailing properly. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, getting yourself uh, p- positioned in a proper way um, to kind of uh, to, to kind of thrive and be able to do this properly. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. And until next time, folks, be safe.
stay humble, and I will talk to you soon. Thank <laughs> you.